This is Self Work, and I'm Dr. Margaret Rutherford. At Self Work, we'll discuss psychological and emotional issues common in today's world and what to do about them. I'm Dr. Margaret, and Self Work is a podcast dedicated to you taking just a few minutes today for your own self work. Hi, and welcome or welcome back to Self Work. I'm Dr. Margaret Rutherford, and I'm a clinical psychologist out of Fayetteville, Arkansas. I've been podcasting now over a year, and I've always wanted to extend the walls of my practice so that I could reach people who might already be in therapy and be interested in the opinions or the ideas of another psychologist, but who might never darken the door of a therapist's office, but still are a little curious or need help. So today's episode is about a very simple way to improve your marriage or your relationship. I did a series last year on my website about this, and the first one was apologies. The second was thank yous. And I had a little trouble thinking about what the third one would be. But what kept coming up in my mind was touch. I hear a lot about touching or not touching in my work as a relationship therapist. Now, we're not talking about sex necessarily, we're talking about touch. Actually, this particular podcast was probably spurred on by a discussion I had with two of my patients who are in marital therapy about the difference between love and desire. But we're going to talk today about touch. I also have something exciting. It's a new thing for self-work. If you've gone to my website, you'll notice there's no advertising on it. And at this point, I've had some people approach me to do things on the podcast that I've also turned down. I want my listeners to trust that this is about them. But Audible.com contacted me recently, and after some consideration, I really thought that this was a wonderful idea and opportunity for listeners to self-work. So today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com, and I'll share more of the details with you. Then our last segment is an email from a listener, as we do every week. She wanted to know how to handle post-college depression, is what she called it, how to understand it and work with it. She wondered just how common it was. So we'll talk about touch, we'll talk about a great new offer from Audible.com and me, and we'll talk about post-college depression. Fairly recently, I can't quite remember how long ago it was, I did a series on my website, drmargaretrutherford.com, on simple ways to improve your marriage or your relationship. The first one was called Two Simple Words That Will Help Your Marriage. Thank you. The second was Three Vital Reasons to Say I'm Sorry. And I started trying to come up with a third. If I wanted to break it down to what was really important and perhaps missing in a lot of relationships, what was that? And I decided it was touch. Just those tiny recognitions of the connection between you, perhaps so small that only the two of you realize it just happened. It's simple touch. It's not sexual touch. In fact, if the only time you're touching each other is when you're wanting or having sex, then that's not good. The whole physical thing between you may have gotten out of whack. And I'm always amazed at how many people tell me they haven't touched each other. It's gotten too awkward. 
How did that happen? Maybe it happened like this. Certainly, I've heard arguments about how one partner feels groped by the other. It's a big turnoff for them. The people who do it defend themselves, saying they're just trying to be affectionate or playful. They find their partner sexy. But it's a never-ending battle between them that can lead to a huge conflict and withdrawal. The person who is feeling groped will pull away, feeling very objectified. You treat me like you own me, like you can touch my body whenever you want. The other person won't understand and feel rejected. Once again, all I do is mess up things. I'm just trying to please you. I'm trying to be playful. Another problem with touch can be connected with having had children. Sometimes women are already feeling like their bodies are being used by their kids as home-based or security blanket, a feed station, a jungle gym, and a hug refuge. When she's not being touched by her children, she needs some quiet. Now, if her partner, her husband, whatever, can have a little empathy with this, then they are well on their way to a better understanding of why his playfulness is not well-received. But it's not always tied in with kids. It can also be a difference in a need for privacy or issues from past sexual abuse. And obviously, if your partner doesn't know that you have sexual abuse in your history, then that can be a huge problem with touch or you rejecting touch and him or her not understanding. So defensiveness and anger can build up. Maybe you're still having sexual intercourse, but maybe not. But just touching for touching's sake stops, and that's not good. I think that touch reflects the importance of that person's presence to you. You're acknowledging that they're in your world at that very moment. In fact, in a fairly recent book within the last decade, Gary Chapman wrote The Five Love Languages, and touch is one of those languages. What that means is that he identified five basic ways that we hear love, that we receive love, the process through which we feel loved. There's quality time. There's touch. There are gifts. There's affirmation. And there's accomplishment of tasks. At least I think I have those right. Sometimes I screw them up. But I think that's right. So maybe you do the dishes every night, but your partner would love a back rub. Maybe you spend a lot of time and effort with the kids, but they're into quality time with you, and it's hard for them to feel loved. The point is, if we don't judge each other's preferences and try to understand, then maybe we can accommodate. Show your partner love in the way he or she can accept it and understand it. You're not talking French when they're talking Spanish. I've seen this concept make a lot of difference to couples who are really trying hard to show each other that they love one another. But the person who, for example, may have touch as his or her language can often be attracted to someone who has acts of service, tasks, etc. And so they don't necessarily want to be hugged. They want you to take out the garbage. (laughs) But it can be worked out if you understand and respect each other's preferences. If you're interested in this idea, that's when the whole audibletrial.com comes up. After listening to this episode, all you have to do is type in this URL, audibletrial.com slash selfwork. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash selfwork. 
First, you'll receive a 30-day free trial, and then you can choose whatever book you want, and you will also get that for free. I'm suggesting the five love languages, but you can really get any book you like. And you can opt out at any time and keep your original selection. Now, to be fair, I need to let you know that I do receive compensation for introducing this idea to you, but I'm also donating those proceeds to St. Jude's Children's Hospital in Memphis. So I hope it's a win-win for you and for St. Jude's. I'll have the link on my show notes if for some reason you missed it. It's audibletrial.com slash selfwork. And the book is The Five Love Languages. Again, just my recommendation. Now I want to get back to touch one of those five love languages. Widowers tell me what they miss a lot is being touched. They miss those little daily reminders of being significant in someone's life. I myself, personally, don't want to take that for granted. You know, Pat Love, who's author of the book Hot Monogamy, also a really good book to think about for audiobooks, she recommends to her patients that they try to always connect through touch when they're either entering or leaving each other. I've taken her advice. I usually get up way before my husband in the morning. But as I'm leaving the very dark room, stumbling around, I reach up and I just pull the covers around him. He usually has them thrown off. And I just touch him lightly. It's my way of acknowledging that we've been together and now I'm leaving. But you know, things get in the way. The dog is yapping. You're hungry. Your partner's out on the deck watering plants. Then it's time for him to walk the yapping dog and for you to cook. In your own lives, kids may be all over the place. Homework, baths. Facebook you have to check, emails you have to get to. There's definitely some must-see TV, like Downton Abbey or my personal favorite wife swap. (laughs) I'm kidding. So being with your spouse or your partner just a few seconds may tend to take a back seat. I will also share with you, however, that the nights when I do choose to put aside my laptop and take that minute to find my husband wherever he is, put a hand on his shoulder and say, I thought about you today, or how are you doing? How did you handle that meeting? Whatever it is, but I touch him. It's connection. And actually, I think it's priceless in its simplicity. It's an easy way to improve your relationship by just keeping in touch. I wrote this as a footnote to the post I wrote on my website I said, some things are just synergistic. I was sitting in the Dallas airport as I wrote part of this post. In front of me was a couple, and they looked like they were maybe in their 60s, both reading newspapers, sitting a seat apart from each other. But she had her leg propped up in the empty seat. He was rubbing her ankle and patting it from time to time. She just smiled at him. I think it made my point. Or you know what? Maybe it was irritating to her, I don't know, but it was still connection. Maybe you should try it out. Just a simple touch. Today's email from a listener is about what she termed post-college depression. Dear Dr. Margaret, I am new to the podcast world, and I found your podcast channel over a couple of months ago, and they have really helped me, especially the ones about perfectly hidden depression and about when a friendship ends. 
Even podcasts that you have that I didn't think I would relate to, I could take something away from it. So thank you. And I appreciate that. Anyway, I'm writing about something I think every college graduate experiences, post-college depression. I know I've graduated college a little more than a year ago, and I've moved back home. Even though I have great relationships in my life and have been highly successful with my career since graduating, I've experienced extreme mood swings. For my four years of college, I really found myself. My self-esteem was at an all-time high. I was studying what I loved and had a great group of friends. Now I have a lot of crying spells and feel cynical. I feel I've tried so many things to try to get myself out of this funk, like seeing a counselor and joining an exercise group. I understand not every day will be the best, but when I have my down days, I feel the lowest of low. I miss my old self, my way of life, my independence, and the sense I had a plan. There is so much more I could tell you, but it's hard to explain without getting lengthy. I would love to hear your thoughts about post-college depression. And thank you again for all your podcasts. What a great way to get introduced into the podcast world. Such a nice email. I appreciate that. And thank you for your comments. It's a young listener from New York. So I respond to her. First, thank you for your kind words. And I'm delighted the podcast is helpful to you. My own son is 23 and has talked about all the adjustments and sense of loss he's experienced since graduating. College provides a structure for relationships. Friends doing approximately the same thing at the same time and in the same place. Those friends are readily available. The working world does none of that. And I think it's a huge transition to make, even if you are quote-unquote successful. Feeling as if you don't have a plan? That's another clue that as long as you were in school, that plan didn't have to be self-created. It was provided for you. It's hard to learn to set it all up for yourself. Plus, you don't have anyone evaluating you at every step of the way, which can feel welcome, but also a little lost. I remember, for example, when I got out of graduate school, I missed all that supervision I'd gotten, although I'd moaned about it while it was going on. I felt a little lost as well without it. I'm also interested in why you've moved back home, perhaps a financial decision. That could be part of the problem, especially as you say you miss your independence. And I must also say and remind you that the mid-twenties are the time that many psychological diagnoses tend to emerge, like depression or anxiety. So I don't know if there's mental illness in your family, but you might want to take that into consideration. If perfectly hidden depression is something that you've identified with, you might also have had some issues from your past that you've stuck away somewhere, that college was a distraction from, that need your attention and healing. When your life opens up a bit or isn't so busy, feelings and experiences from the past can be waiting for you. You're obviously doing good things, exercising and talking to a therapist, but something's trying to get your attention. It may not be welcome, but it's important. Please keep searching for answers. You've just gotten started with your life, and it sounds as if you have the energy and insight to be happy and productive. It may take you a little while to figure it out, but hang in there. And please take whatever depression you have seriously. I thought this was an interesting email, and I'm sure there are a lot of people who get out of college and have trouble making that transition. In fact, I know I've had other patients with this same thing. 
It can even start their senior year where they get highly anxious about trying to provide that structure for themselves, as I've said. And then frequently, if their parents have been helicopter parents, they really have an issue because it's now, quote unquote, time for them to take over their own lives, and they don't really know how to do it. So it's nothing to be ashamed of. Any transition is hard. Even positive stress is stress. (laughs) So learning how to handle it, asking for support from the people who love you, and allowing yourself to have some time to grow into your new life. That's what's important. Thanks so much for the question. There are lots of ways of getting in touch with me. My website, which I mentioned before, is drmargaretrutherford.com. My email, which I obviously answer and is confidential, is askdrmargaret at drmargaretrutherford.com. Several of you have written to me about what you'd like to hear about. And if I haven't answered your email via the podcast, I'm most likely trying to consider a specific podcast for your request. I love to hear from you because I want to know who you are, why you listen, what you're searching for, what struggles you're having, what are your strengths, (laughs) but how can I be helpful in some way or another? And of course, I'd love for you to give me a rating or review. There are 60 of you out there who have taken about five seconds it takes to rate this podcast on iTunes, and there are almost 40 of you who've left me a review, and I'm so grateful for that. That's really what fuels other people hearing about self-work, other than you telling people that you're enjoying listening. Word of mouth is very important, right? There are two ways to subscribe. You can just subscribe to this particular podcast, Self-Work, or you can head on over to my website, drmargaretrutherford.com, and subscribe there. You'll receive a weekly blog post and my weekly podcast. I want to apologize to any of you who may have had within the last week or so problems with the podcast. I did develop a new version of my website and we had a few difficulties. So I apologize if you were trying to listen and couldn't. Hopefully we're back on track. So thanks to audible.com. I hope you take them up on their offer. If you do, You'll be donating to St. Jude's Children's Hospital, which is a hospital in Memphis for children with cancer that treat all their patients for free. Thanks so much for listening. Take very good care. This is Dr. Margaret, and you've been listening to Self Work.